ISO.org is the premier online Bible school developed by Perry Stone. ISO.org has dozens of courses, hundreds of lessons, and thousands of students all over the world. Sign up today. Good morning and welcome to the Network Live. I'm your host, Debbie Rule. Today we'll be hearing a message from Perry Stone. Here's Perry. Welcome to Manifest, hosted by international evangelist, teacher, and author Perry Stone. Enjoy unique insight into prophetic and practical truth. It's time to feast on fresh manna, so get ready to be blessed and encouraged. And now, here is your host and teacher, Perry Stone. One of the most beautiful places on the coastline of Israel is right here off of the Mediterranean. The Mediterranean Sea on your screen is directly on the left or my right. And we're in Caesarea. And this is, of course, was a maritime city. It was a, a city where ships came from here into Africa, into what we call today uh, Europe or Asia Minor and also to Rome. And there's a lot of history related to the Apostle Paul being jailed in this area and appealing to Caesar and also standing before the governor. And this is a great, great place to take. Now I'm going to shift up the taping from looking at the Apostle Paul to looking into what we call the Apocalypse. The Apocalypse is actually the name for the book of Revelation. Because in Greek, when you say Revelation, it's Apocalypsis, which means the unveiling of something which is hidden. And the reason the Apocalypse is called the word Apocalypse is because of two reasons. Number one, apocalyptic literature in the Bible relates to prophets who saw future events. Now, not the events that lead up to the time of Christ or his resurrection, but the events that lead up to the time of the church age, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the future, which is known as the time of great tribulation and also the return of the Lord at the end of those seven years tribulation. Now, the book of Revelation was written by the Apostle John, who was a prisoner on the Isle of Patmos. What happened was this. There was an emperor by the name of Domitian, and he took John and put him in a pot of oil and boiled him alive, and John survived. It was a miracle. Now, there's a reason John survived, because Jesus had made a statement that said, there are some of you standing here that shall not taste death until you see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Now we think that meant, or some thought that meant, that a disciple such as John would be alive when the Lord would return. And John alludes to that in the Gospel of St. John. That is not what it was talking about. Jesus literally knew that John would live long enough to see a vision of the time of the end. And the book of Revelation basically is several things. Number one, it's Jesus transferring from a priest to a king. It is number, the second thing that the book of Revelation consists of is the Old Testament prophecies concerning the day of the Lord and the time of the end. And what John saw was how all of them are going to come to pass. How what Joel wrote, Isaiah wrote, Jeremiah, or let's say the, the different prophets saw concerning the time of the end, how it's all going to come together and culminate in one particular time period of seven years. And we know that because it's divided up with 42 months, 42 months or 1,000 
260 days and 1,260 days. See, a lot of people think that John just suddenly saw a vision that no one else had seen. However, in the book of Revelation, all of those plagues and judgments, all of them, all of them were predicted somewhere in the Old Testament. And all that John did was see how those predictions of Old Testament prophets would come to pass. The sun being darkened, the moon turning into blood. That's the book of Joel, for example. Stars falling from heaven. You see that in Isaiah where the constellations are going to fall in chapter 13. All right. Having said that, what I would like to deal with briefly is a scripture that Jesus gave in Luke's gospel. And then I want to take that and carry it into what we call the apocalyptic book, the book of Revelation, show you how some of this is going to take place. I actually call this cosmic harbingers of Christ's return. Cosmic harbingers of Christ's return. All right, let's read the verse together. It's in Luke chapter 21, 25 through 26. There will be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth, distress of nation with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. And I can hear, you can't hear, but I can hear the sea and the waves behind me here at the ocean, Mediterranean Sea. Men's hearts felling them for fear of looking after those things which are coming upon the earth for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Now in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 26, the Lord also said this, yet once more, I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now, the only two time frames in past history that Jesus compared his return to are the days of Noah and the days of Lot. Now the days of Noah were approximately 1,658 years after Adam, the creation of Adam. And of course the days of Lot were hundreds of years after the flood. Now the interesting thing about those two time frames were what happened during those particular biblical narratives. In Noah's day, two things happened. The fountains of the deep, the Tehom, that's the Hebrew word, the Tehom, the fountains of the deep broke open and then it began to rain from the heavens above. So you had water coming from two places. The subterranean water that was under the earth, because remember the Bible says that the Garden of Eden was watered by four main rivers and there was a mist coming up out of the ground. And this was water underneath the earth, creating a mist that, that literally watered the whole garden. And that's in the book of Genesis. So what happened was the, the platelets or the plates began to crack in the ocean and the earth began to crack in, on the land and the water just literally started gushing up from the ground. Then the second thing that happens is there's water coming from heaven. Now I've got to tell you this very quickly. There are many that believe that are scientists who are Christians that before the flood of Noah, that the earth was watered by this entire mist from the ground and that the, it had never really rained, especially in the levels that men were about to see in the flood. So Noah is preaching a deluge is coming, a covering of water is coming and they haven't really seen it happen. Now there are those who suggest that others differ with that, but here's the point that I want to make about that particular story that I'm telling you. If the earth up until the time of the flood had been watered from a mist out of the ground, then men had never seen water pour from the heavens in a heavy manner. Therefore, Noah is preaching something that's weird to people. So he's building a boat and telling people this is coming. Now, Josephus, the Jewish historian tells you, and you can get Josephus's writing. You can even go online and look this up that God told Adam that the earth would be destroyed two times. And Adam told Seth, and Seth's descendants wrote it in brick and stone so that when the flood came, 
one of the other would survive. And that's all in Josephus is writing. So God said to Noah, the earth is going to be destroyed, number one, by water, and later it will be destroyed by fire. Now notice this, that in Noah's day, it was destroyed by water, but in Lot's day, it was destroyed by fire. But the fire that Adam was told from the Lord was going to happen was not Sodom and Gomorrah. What this is, is where Peter wrote that the earth and the elements are going to melt with fervent heat. Now, scholars such as the guys, the great man I studied under Finnis Dake talk about the renovation of the earth and the creation of the new earth that Isaiah 66 talks about. And it has to happen after the great white throne judgment in heaven. Then he renovates the earth, the Lord does, and that's afterwards the new Jerusalem comes down on a new earth. And that's going to happen according to scripture. Let's go back though to what we're talking about. So we know that there's going to be very, very, very direct, heavy cosmic activity that's going to take place at the time of the end. So let's look at the scripture and see how all of this comes about. First of all, let's go back to Luke 21 and verse 11. And this is what it says here. It says, fearful and great signs shall there be from heaven. Now the Greek word is phobos and megas. In other words, something that creates a phobia and uh, the word fear is connected to the word phobia. There's all kinds of phobias or fears, fears of heights and fears of, you know, whatever, fears of dogs and animals, but this is a different kind. And then when it says great signs, it's the word megas, which is where we get the word mega from. If we say a big church, it's a mega church. If we say a massive earthquake, it's a mega quake. So these are huge, big signs that occur in heaven. So let's go through these very quickly. Now, in the time of the tribulation, Revelation 8, 9 through 10, this is going to come up on your screen, says this. And the second angel sounded, and as it were, a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea. And the third part of the sea became blood, and the third part of the creatures which were in the sea that had life died, and the third part of the ships were destroyed. Now, here is a mountain that's burning with fire. Now, according to researchers, and when you really look at this very, very carefully, it is more than likely a massive volcano that suddenly erupts. Now, when Pompeii was destroyed in Italy, uh, and this was uh, about nine years after the destruction of the temple uh, in Jerusalem, Pompeii, the ground began to shake, then the, the ash began to pour forth, and of course the lava began to come, and the people could not escape. It was the gas that killed the people, the gases, and then they were covered by the ash. And I've been to Pompeii. It's one of the most amazing things in the world, how, they, how the, the people that have excavated this area have actually covered the bodies up and encased the bodies. It's just, just it's, uh, it's very devastating. It was a very huge devastation for that day. So here in the book of Revelation, there is a single single mountain that is burning with fire and it's so huge that it affects one third. Now here we go again. It affects one third of the sea becomes as blood, meaning, meaning everything dies. That's a metaphor for everything dying in a third of the sea. Then a third of the creatures of course die and a third of the ships are destroyed. Now the ships being destroyed really puzzled me for a long time because I said, all right, how can one volcanic eruption destroy a third of the ships? Tsunami. Very, very simple when you understand this, that if a major 
coastal volcano erupted and broke off, because this has happened in our time and in a minor way, but if it broke off into the sea and also if there were a fault line under there, it could create a 100 to 150 foot high wave. That wave then would hit the sides of ships and literally topple those ships. Now, how do we know that can happen? Because in the Indonesian tsunami several years ago, there were entire ships. There were a few people that survived that tsunami who said, we looked up and saw ships coming toward the land. So they were turned upside down. They were turned sideways. So this is literally, we now, we look at this years ago and people would say, oh, that's just really crazy. That cannot happen. Now we understand it can happen through a volcanic eruption and through a tsunami. And then it says this, that if you keep reading that it, it tells us that the sun is going to be darkened. And we know that that's possible because of the ash, which is created from the volcano. If you've ever seen a real explosion uh, or eruption, I should say, of a volcano, it almost looks like winter because everything gets very dark around that area. And it's like these flakes of ash that looks like huge flakes of snow. And Mount St. Helens, you can watch this on the internet. You, you can see the evidence of it. It gives you an example of what happens to the sky or what appears to happen in the sky at a volcanic eruption. In fact, I made a note here in 1850, in, in the country of Indonesia, there was a volcano that blew killing 60,000 people and it turned summer into winter. It literally turned summer. Everything became dark and this ash just began to come out of the sky for, for a long period of time. And it literally, and I had never known this until I researched this, half of the world became dark because of all of that in that part of the world. So when you read this, you can see how that a volcano, and this again, Revelation chapter eight, eight through nine, the burning mountain that explodes and fire comes out that destroys a third of the ships and a third of the sea creatures can absolutely be a volcanic eruption, which results in a tsunami, which results in the volcanic ash, ash being so massive that it covers the world. Now, here's another one, Revelation 8 and 10, and this is probably one that fascinates more people than the idea of the volcanic eruption, and this is the asteroid. Uh, Matthew chapter 24 and 29, Jesus said this, that there would be a time in which the stars will fall from heaven to the earth. The stars will fall from heaven. Now, when we think of stars, we think of, you know, the big star that's out there or the planet falling to heaven. But what it means, it's meteorites. It's the breaking off of asteroids and forming meteorites. Now we do know, let me just read the scripture to you. The third angel sounded and there fell a great star from heaven, burning as it were a lamp. And it fell upon the third, here we go again, the third part of the waters and the fountains of waters. And the name of the star was called Wormwood. And the third part of the waters became Wormwood. And many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. Now this Greek word is aster, aster here, and it's the root for astronomy and the root word for asteroid. And so the star here is a literal asteroid that comes from the heavens. And when it says that it's burning like a lamp, if you've ever, if you go back to the days of the oil lamps, etc., what I believe it's describing there is that tail that follows that asteroid. And you can see it in the sky. If you've ever seen a comet, it's very similar to that. But these asteroids, one fell in Russia a few years ago, and you could see it like, here's the ball of fire. And here's this tail, you know, like a light tail that's following it. So I believe this is what John is descri describing here. Now, it's going to be named by men on earth 
wormwood. And seven times in the Bible, it's actually in the Old Testament, it mentions the term wormwood and twice it's in the book of Jeremiah. And I'll give you the references. Jeremiah chapter nine, verse 15, chapter two, verse 15, where the prophet said he will give them wormwood to drink, meaning that the water would become bitter. And actually, Jerusalem doesn't have a lot of water sources, but if you go back in history, there was a time when the water source in the city of Jerusalem, that water that's underground actually became bitter and became known as wormwood. And that may be what Jeremiah is speaking about here. The Hebrew word wormwood means to curse and wormwood is something that poisons. Therefore, the poison represents a curse or something that's being accursed. In the New Testament, it alludes to being bitter. And so what happens happens is one third of the water, uh, when this asteroid hits, wherever it hits, is going to become bitter. Now I did an internet research before I came on the trip and it got so deep, I detailed it. I said, look, I'm not even going there. But there's 10 rivers in the world that are considered to be rivers where the water is drinkable. And they are scattered uh, in Europe. They are scattered in parts of Africa. They are scattered actually throughout the world. And in other words, that water is clean enough to drink. So I cannot predict what I was hoping to do is find if there was one huge river in the world that's so drinkable and so clean I'm thinking maybe that's the river does it does it affect a third of the world maybe where it flows or where it branches out you can't really find that but you do find uh, rivers when I began to research this I did find there were some rivers that run a thousand miles and so the drinking water is going to be absolutely impacted when this asteroid hits and this is what's going to you know men will try to drink the water and they're not going to be able to drink it because it's going to make them very sick and it's going to make their bellies feel very, very, very bitter. And how many of you know that is not a comfortable feeling? You know, I've been there with stomach problems before and that's not a comfortable feeling. All right, let's go on. Now, I call this the trickle down results. When this begins to happen, when the asteroid hits, when the volcanic eruption occurs, there's a trickle down effect. Effect number one is Revelation 6, 6, food rationing, uh, a loaf of bread cost a denarius and that it's, it's translated a penny in the King James, but the Greek is a denarius. Watch this. That was a day's wages. So you work an entire day, eight hours, you get a paycheck for that eight hours. That's what one loaf of bread is going to cost. This is a food shortage problem. The Revelation 13, 17, 18. Now this is important. You catch this. It'll be the asteroid and the volcanic eruption destroying a third of the food supplies around the world that will cause the mark of the beast in which you can't buy or sell without the mark. So the Antichrist will figure out a way with his 10 kings to control the food supply through his religious system and through his worship and through him being the leader. And he'll do it as a result of what has happened to create food shortages. I don't know if you've ever thought about that before, uh, but Revelation chapter six and eight, and this is very early in the tribulation, two of the four horses of the apocalypse, it says that peace is taken from the earth and peace is taken and the food shortages are taking place. So all of this comes together because of the two major judgments that affect a third of the world, a third of the food, a third, a third of the creatures of, of water. And that is during the apocalypse or during the tribulation period. And these, uh, it would be the asteroid and the volcanic explosion. Now, here's the thing that's interesting is the response of people. Now you would think with all of this going on, everybody would turn to God, right? I mean, you know, hey, you know, this is bad. We need help from the Lord. Watch the response of Revelation 6 and 9. A group of martyrs who have been beheaded are going to
going to cry out in heaven for vengeance and for God to take vengeance on the earth for those who martyred him. So it's martyred them. So it starts there. Then we see the reaction of people in the judgments. Revelation 6, 15, men, rich and poor men, kings are hiding in mountains to escape the wrath that's coming. Now it says dens and caves. Now caves is one thing, but a den is an underground bunker. So people will go to their underground bunkers. And I happen to know the location of America that I'm probably not supposed to know of underground bunkers that have been built for people to flee into from for very, very high positions. And um, it won't go, into, won't, won't go into that because it would sidetrack me. Revelation 9 and 20, it says people will not repent of their evil that they did. And it says, watch this, it says four times, they know it's the wrath of God. They know it's the wrath of God and yet they refuse to turn to God. And then it says this, Revelation 16, 9 through 10, when the, when the sun becomes very hot and the hailstones fall, now you ready for this? The hailstones are going to be 100 pounds. So when the hailstones fall and the heat begins to come, here's what it says in chapter 16, 9 and also 16, 11. It says that men will blaspheme God. They actually blaspheme the name of the Lord instead of repenting. Now this shows you how hard hearted people get. And I see it happening in the United States. I see it happening all over Europe. Europe, in England and Britain, used to be a place where Christianity flourished, where churches were filled, and now the churches, many of them are sitting empty. They're simply historical museums and historical monuments. You know why? Because people are no longer repenting. Now I'm gonna make a statement right here that I want everybody to hear. I know, I will know, and you will know when you're coming closer to the very time of the end by one thing. Now pay attention to this. The gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world as a witness unto all nations, and then the end will come. Then in verse 15, that's a verse that talks about the tribulation period. So the gospel's preached first. The gospel will be preached as long as men are turning to God and repenting. But there comes a time when men's hearts become so hardened, they become, they become so calloused, and Matthew 24 talks about this, that they cease to repent. When they cease to repent, there's no more need of the gospel being preached. The church age comes to a conclusion, the rapture of the church takes place, and then comes great tribulation on the earth. Remember this, the gospel is preached and then the end comes. And yet Jesus keeps talking about fallen stars and, and the abomination of desolation. Well, he just said the end has come. So the end of what? Hello, somebody that don't believe in the rapture. It's the end of the church age. It's the end of the preaching of the gospel. It's the end of the dispensation of the grace of God. And you cannot have wrath of God as long as you have grace of God. And God always releases grace always before he releases wrath. And that's the pattern of ancient Israel. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I still have a few more things I could share, but I feel like I've given you my heart, my spirit, and help you to understand cosmic harbingers that are gonna happen at the time of the end. You know, on Manifest, we offer a, a book, a video, a DVD. I say video, boy, that was a, that was a brain uh, video. We offer something that's a resource tool to help you understand the word better. So watch this, stay to the end of the program. I may be coming in your area soon. Let's all give the Lord a praise. We've got our partners here. God bless you for watching. Our special offer is significant. Right now, there has been more interest in the book of Revelation called the Apocalypse than there has been in the history, to my knowledge, of Christianity in the United States. People are saying, is this in the book of Revelation? Are the viruses, the earthquakes, the locusts, is this a part of what 
preachers have told us for years the time of the end, and the answer is yes. What I did, I have in my hand an album that has seven DVDs, not CDs, but DVDs with charts, maps, scriptures, and detail, which is a study of the entire book of Revelation from chapter one all the way to the amen in chapter 22. Here are some of the DVDs. The Apocalypse Code and the Heavenly Temple. The Heavenly Throne Room, the Priesthood and the Beginning of the Tribulation. The Two Witnesses, the Bema, the Dragon, and the Kingdom of the Beast. Here's another one. The Islamic Antichrist, the False Prophet, and the Empire of the Beast. Another one is the Mysterious Mark 666, the Mysterious Woman, and Mystery Babylon. And here's a great one. The Millennial Code, the 1,000-year reign of Christ on Earth as King. We also have one when Satan is bound and Heaven comes down. It took me years of putting the outline together. It took me years of doing the Greek word studies, the historical studies, the studies from the early fathers. So you actually are getting a, a Bible school teaching here. And so I want to make the Apocalypse Code available to you right now at a very special price. Now remember, these are seven DVDs. This is about 14 hours of teaching, and we want to make it available at a special price of $75. It will come in this beautiful album. And also, when you get it, you're going to get an extra DVD that will be included with this. So you're going to get a total of eight DVDs. So you can go to perrystone.org, 1-888-21-BREAD, or you can go write me at Perrystone, P.O. Box 3595, Cleveland, Tennessee, 37320. There's an offer number. You must include that number, and we will know that that's what you're ordering. And again, a donation of $75 or more will get you this album and we will use it for 100% ministry. You're going to learn a lot. Get ready. God bless you. Hi, I'm Dr. Brian Cutshaw. I happen to have the honor of being the chancellor of the International School of the Word, which is a part of this great ministry here at Perry Stone Ministries. You can find all the work we do at ISO.org and we hope that you'll go there and check us out. I know you enjoyed this amazing teaching on apocalyptic harbinger. And who can teach on a subject like that except Perry Stone? And no one can teach it the way he can teach it. Well, these are days and times that we need to be paying attention to these harbingers because they're telling us a story. The past is talking to the future. And we're learning so many things from patterns that have already been set up in the Bible, especially apocalyptic patterns, which happen to do, which happen to deal with all of the end times. So I know that you enjoyed this. And if you love this kind of in-depth teaching, you are absolutely going to love breaking the apocalypse code. Now, no one can teach this like Perry Stone. Do you realize what the Apocalypse Code is? It is the book of Revelation, one of the most misunderstood and difficult books of the entire Bible to teach. However, Perry makes it easy for you to understand. He's going to open up right there where John saw the Lord and take you all the way to the end, to the to the, uh, he's going to take you to the rapture of the church, the seven years of tribulation, and bring you full circle right back to the recreation of the earth, and also deal with what the millennial reign looks like. You're going to see great scenes like the marriage supper of the Lamb and the angelic choir, the throne room of God. You are in for a spiritual feast in breaking the apocalypse code. You know, these are times that birth pains are all around us. The Bible says that the earth is groaning for the coming of the Lord. I think 
not only is the earth groaning, I think the body of Christ is groaning. And you know what the Bible says? That when we groan, that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, makes intercession for us with words that cannot be uttered, and it prays in the perfect will of God for your life. So let me encourage you today. If you don't have words to say or words to pray, sit in God's presence and just moan. When you do that, the Holy Spirit prays in God's perfect will for you. These are exciting times to be alive in the kingdom of God. And it's also an exciting time to go to Israel. So if you want to go with Perry to Israel and hear him teach in a way that no one can unfold the message of, of the Bible in the land of the Bible, be sure and make sure that you sign up for the 2020 trip. May the Lord bless you in your house as you continue to navigate your way through these difficult days and these treacherous times. But thank the Lord we have manifest and so many wonderful lessons there to guide you through it. May God bless you and your family in these days. Perry Stone invites you to join him for his 2020 Israel tour. The dates are November 23rd through December 2nd with an optional visit to Petra in the country of Jordan. Call 1-888-321-3629 or visit perrystone.org for more information and how to register. Seating is limited, so call today. Expand your understanding of Scripture. Advance your effectiveness in ministry. Earn certification for your knowledge of the Bible. International School of the Word. Developed by Perry Stone and Dr. Brian Cutshaw, ISO.org is the premier online Bible school with dozens of courses, hundreds of lessons, and thousands of students all over the world. Sign up for one of our exciting, affordable Bible courses and begin your journey at ISO.org today.